Hello, friends, and welcome to episode number 156 of Bat Flips and Maple Dips. It's me, Patrick, here in Halifax, Nova Scotia. He's Justin Anderson, way out west in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. Uh, Justin, how was your week, man? It's only been a few days. Yeah, it's only been a few days since we last spoke on, was it Sunday that we recorded? I can't even remember anymore. It was indeed yeah. a Sunday. A Sunday. Fine day, Sunday. Um, you know what it is, boy? <laughs> no yeah. post on Sundays. Um, anyway, that's my Uncle Vernon reference for the episode. Quota has been R. met. R.I.P. R.I.P. Yeah. Uncle Vernon. Um, yeah, no, week's been good, man. I have got tomorrow off, so looking forward to a long weekend and the return of Blue Jays baseball. It just occurred to me, I also have Friday off. We could have recorded this at any time between last night and any time Friday. And here we are on a Thursday And here we are evening. Thursday. I mean, this is the sexy day to do it because it's a day off for the Toronto Blue Jays, which is what our podcast is about. Yeah. Um, How was your week, Patrick Marsh? It was good, man. Uh, I didn't sleep well at all, all week. So I decided to punt the ball at lunchtime today <laughs> and uh, just take some time take the afternoon off no alarms tomorrow yeah uh well no one alarm early in the morning i got a lot of errands i want to run on friday just to kind of make it you know make it a chill weekend but uh saturday and sunday are going to be super chill for me i'll be watching some blue jays baseball they're going to be playing uh, the twins twins of minnesota very excited for that yeah but uh yeah, it's been a good week. Uh, I know a, a TV show that I really like has a their third season premiering on Netflix tomorrow. It's called Sex Education. Interesting. It stars, uh, it stars uh, runner-up to Tom Holland in the Spider-Man sweepstakes of 2015, Asa Butterfield, as uh, this young guy who knows a lot but also knows very little about sex. So it's kind of fun. Interesting. I've never heard of that show. It's a very, very good series. It's like mostly British ah. produced, I think. But it's okay. it's one of the most popular shows that Netflix has. It's it's definitely worth checking out. If cool. you don't like it, I'm not a shill for them. Whatever. <laughs> uh, I dig the flicks, though. And if you dig us, you can check us out at Twitter, at BFMD Podcast. We are on Anchor, Apple, Spotify, Google, Breaker, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, Stitcher, TuneIn, and more. We've got our own website, bfmdpodcast.com. We're our own thing. You know what? Yeah. We're, we're lone wolves out there doing our own thing. <laughs> that was a good segue, by the way. The digging the flicks and digging us. I was like, damn, that was good. Man, it just sometimes it comes to me, and other times I just suck ass at doing those transitions. Speaking of sucking ass, the Baltimore Royals. <laughs> yeah, the oh, Choke man. Kings. Uh, they kind of screwed us over this week, but we'll get into it. Let's just uh, let's dip our toes in the standings. Uh, and unlike the uh, previous episodes where we've talked about these, we are going to talk about the National League too because. There's kind of some cool things happening, and I just want to talk about them. And I know we're Blue Jays podcast, but, you know, expand your minds, people. Let's talk about the National League first. Let's give them their, yes. their time in the sun. You read my mind. Okay, <laughs> so let's just get right into it. Obviously, uh, the big surprise of the season, the San Francisco Giants, they have now clinched yeah. a playoff spot. Uh, however uh tbd as far as whether or not they will be the division winners or the wild card but it will be one of the two 
uh, as there are no other options. But uh, wow, they're just white hot. They're 95 and 51. They've won nine of their last 10 games. As we all predicted. Uh, yeah, they're about to lose a game to the San Diego Padres, who have fallen off a cliff uh, in recent weeks. Uh, but I digress. The Giants hold that division down for now. Uh, the Dodgers are in the rearview mirror. And uh, as we all learned from Jurassic Park, objects in mirror appear are closer than they appear. Something like that. Remember when the T-Rex bit yeah. that mirror? Yeah, I love that. Anyway, your Milwaukee Brewers have not yet clinched the division uh, and have struggled uh, in a couple of recent games, but still remain atop the pile uh, and will probably uh, take take home the Central. Yeah. Uh, their nearest competition, I think, is like 13 it's, games yeah, back. Yeah, the Cardinals. The Cards, uh, they're 89 and 57. What a hell of a year for the Brew Crew yeah. after not so great a year last year. Their pitching uh, staff is lethal. Yeah, and shout out to Ryan Braun who retired this year or yeah. uh, this week. I think it was like two days ago. He one cheated, or two days but ago. whatever. <laughs> whatever. Happy retirement, happy trails. Uh, see you never. The Atlanta Braves are holding down the division, uh, the NL East, seventy six and sixty eight. Uh, they're five and five in their last ten. That whole division has been LOLs. Uh, <laughs> Philadelphia are. Breathing down their neck, I believe they are only three and a half games back of the Braves right now, and they're three back of the wild card, so they've come on recently, uh, although not too recently. They're still four and six in their last ten. But Philly, they're still there. Yeah. Uh, the Mets are starting to self-destruct. Yep, they're starting to Met. Uh, they're three games below 500 right now, but yet they're still... Only five games back of the wild card, but they've lost three in a row. They're dying on the vine. Justin, what's the biggest surprise out of everything that's happening in the National League right now? Um, the Aside Dodgers, from San Francisco. The Dodgers happen to be wild card one, 17 games ahead of wild card two. That's, that's just abolish divisions, abolish the wild card. The Dodgers should be second place in the National League. Yeah, it's kind of dumb. It's laughable. Uh, at, at the same time, I don't know how what, what you do to rearrange the divisions. I, I go back no, to the eight divisions. No divisions, the top... just two leagues, American and National. Just what, and then the top four teams make the playoffs, or yeah, top, do you do top, top three. It's say you do top three, just like now, and then two wild cards. So you would uh... still have you you would have the Dodgers. It would be San Francisco, Dodgers, Milwaukee, and then Atlanta would be WC1, half a game ahead of St. Louis, instead of a 17-game gap between the Dodgers and St. Louis. It would just make Yeah, it... and that would mean that San Diego would, would yeah, although that would, they're... Yeah, that would mean that Atlanta would be in danger of missing the playoffs, even though they're currently, like, what, three and a half up in their division? So it's like... Yeah. It would just... It, it, it's the same in the American League, um, if you look at it, too, right? I mean, you've got the Yankees, the Jays, and Boston, all with either one less win or the same amount of wins as the White Sox who are currently leading a division and only two or three less wins than the Houston Astros who are also leading a division. So it's like you've got five, you've got six teams there uh, who could all be competing for five teams who could all be competing for that second spot behind Tampa. So it's like, it is kind of dumb with Tampa. Also Tampa won 18 of like 19 games against Baltimore. Yeah. 
it's just like it's kind of stupid because like those 18 wins are equal to like the 18 18 wins of toronto's like strongest opponents so like yeah. i feel like they should kind of spread it out as i would far love as like who plays who then to just get rid of the east west and central and just have american league national league you would you could play you wouldn't have to play the yankees 19 times a year you could play them 15 times a year and sprinkle four games in against other teams that you don't play often like the west you, you play you're supposed to play each of the other division teams like twice like six or seven games a year you have to see that be like nine games a year. Are you ready for a super spicy take? Hit me. You know what it. I think they should abolish? The DH. Just no. <laughs> Do you know what I think they should abolish? You're gonna hate this. No, no. Interleague play. They should get rid of it. Well, if they were to abolish pitchers hitting and just have a universal DH, then it wouldn't be so bad. And I they, think they should. I abolish... bet you they will. CBA negotiations this winter. You think they're getting rid of the DH? Oh, I 100% think they're getting rid of the DH. I don't think that the league is going to cave on that. I think the owners are going to have to give that up to gain some things. And I think that they'll they'll take the deal because n- no one goes to see pitchers hit. I don't I don't care. Like I don't The National Yeah, league but just... abolishing the DH means they would be they are the pitchers no, would be. No, I'm saying like abolishing pitchers hitting keep the oh DH. yeah Uni- oh yeah we need DH. a universal dh yeah, yeah oh yeah i'm heavily the in thing about the having pitchers hit is it keeps like people say oh the dh gives guys who can't play defense spots in the league yeah but at least they can hit the pitchers having to to hit makes you keep guys like gerard dyson on major league rosters who hit 100 who hit, who hit 120 or hit buck 25 and can't hit but they're good for speed and a, and a, and a pinch run situation like it just DHs are still better baseball players than those guys because at least they can put up runs and hit. I don't know. I just I'm just like so anti pitchers hitting because we've watched the Jays just be shit at that for so long. It's no fun. Like, yeah, but there's boring. even there's even uh, pitching entire pitching staffs in the National League that are garbage at. Oh hitting. yeah, like Max and Scherzer. Like the, he hasn't he has no hits this year. And he's yeah, been and like the AL, season. like the AL when they go over there. To, oh, to play the boys in the NL, you know what happens? They go up there and they stand and they might swing at one pitch. They might try to lay down a bunt and foul bunt for an on strike two. Yeah, it's just it's just a waste. It's, it's stupid. It kills imagine, the the offense of the game. And yeah, imagine paying a hundred dollars for a ticket and having to watch a pitcher try to hit. Like and having to watch fucking Alec Manoa get caught looking yeah. on three pitches yeah it's no just, offense no offense alec but it's just it's just the way he's it, not you know, a hitter though like no, that's not pitcher. what he's there for it's stupid <laughs> yeah exactly it's stupid but anyway anyway I think we shat on the nl enough it's kind of interesting there are interesting <laughs> races i think for me my biggest surprise uh just circling back to that the cardinals i thought they were dead in the water and here they are they've won five in a row while the teams around them are only starting to pull themselves out of the muck yeah they're holding it down even though san diego is probably going to beat the giants right now um it doesn't matter they're still going to be a half game back of st louis and st louis uh has played less games than will have played less games than them so they'll have that game in hand and still be up so it's kind of interesting to see what happens i wouldn't throw dirt on cincinnati either it's going to be very interesting can we uh i want to give a shout to adam wainwright because the dude just turned 40 on August 30th, Patrick Marsh. 
He's been worth 3.9 war this season. His best season since 2014. He is the NL comeback player of the year. He's got a 288 ERA, a 350 or 371 xFIP. Um, he's set, he's 16 and seven. He's thrown 190 innings as a 40 year as a third as a 40 year old. He is now. He started at age 39 this season. Actually, but fuck it. He's not. No, he should get Cy Young. He's going to get Cy Young votes at age 40. He's not going to win he, it. Is he done? After this year, no, I, I I doubt it. I think they'll bring him back for one more, like because Yachty announced that next year is going to be his last. So I wouldn't right. I wouldn't be surprised to see Wainwright do the same thing, and they'll go up together. As long as he doesn't regress at all, like oh, if dude, he puts up he, similar numbers to this year and last year, he he's been regressing since 2014 until this year. Like the dude's all of a sudden just no dipped his toe in the fountain of youth. He's had a couple. His ERA of good years. was 3.15 last year. Yeah, but that was in that was 65 innings. So that's very serviceable. Yeah, like, yeah, but I mean, like, look at his. 20, yeah, there's a noticeable decline. Yeah, 2014 Agreed. was like the like the peak of Adam Wainwright at age 32. And then he kind of had some injuries uh, a couple seasons in 18 and 15. He was still good in 16. He was good in 19 and 20 in terms of, like, uh, stats. But, like, this year has been, like, a noticeable, like, resurgence. It's lifetime, on to be, like, Lifetime 194 average. Hitting average. Well. Adam Wainwright. Adam yeah. Wainwright. Ooh, wow, that's actually higher than I would have thought. But he's played in the National League his whole career, so you got to learn to hit at some point. Exactly, yeah. He's um, like kind of like the modern-day Tom Glavin as far as yeah, the kidding but, goes. Yeah, the guys at uh, – um, where's his strikeout numbers here on Fangraphs? His home run numbers are down. He's three strikeouts his, away from 2,000. He's also – yeah, his strikeout numbers are bouncing back up to around eight. Yeah. Uh, his strikeout-to-walk ratio is – higher higher than it's ever been than what it's been since 2015 so like yeah, he's, 15 yeah he's having that renaissance he's having a really renaissance year yeah the i think he gets down. to 200 wins i think he'll stick around long enough to get to 200 wins so to probably two more years i i don't know man i can see i can see him and yachty going at the same time i think that's just what they'll do they've been man if it were me i would fucking chase 200 like a motherfucker he nah, might still get the he's, extra he's win, a though. he's a hall of famer um regardless you of what think? happens oh yeah 100 percent I don't know. I think he's a Hall of Famer. But I don't know. He I won't be a first know. ballot Hall of Famer, but he'll be like down ballot for sure. I don't know. I think man. he is. I don't think he has enough. His peak his he has a forty point three jaws. His it's his his seven year peak war is thirty six. The most similar players to him through through his career is like Roy Oswald, Brett Saberhagen, Jared Weaver, Chris Carpenter. Cliff Lee. Yeah, okay, maybe not. Jimmy Key. I don't know. It just seems the like the only Hall of Famer that he has comparables to, according to B Ref, is uh as of last year, Dazzy Vance. Hmm. Uh Big Sexy, Bartolo Colon is probably gonna get into the Hall of oh, but Big like, Sexy. Uh Roy Halliday, <laughs> uh yep. similar score to him, but it's like it's still like very distant. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, maybe I'm not. I'm not saying I'm not saying, to, I'm not saying he can't. He's got like two years. He's got like two years to pad his getting that the strikeout like getting to uh, what would it be two thousand he'll, he'll get that in his next start unless he that's employs. a nice that's a nice little thing I'm not saying two thousand strikeouts automatically makes him but like yeah he's got a chance to get the twenty five hundred innings pitch next year which again isn't a huge thing but it's a it's a milestone number I think the two hundred wins is probably the bigger of the of them like winning percentage is still really good i mean 183 and 105 in his career in terms of win loss like that's that's great 
Uh, three-time All-Star, 2006 World Series. He Silver Slugger for pitcher, two-time Gold Glove. You know what? I know B-Ref says he doesn't have the black ink or the gray ink, for or nor does he crack the 100 for a Hall of Fame monitor. But like, yeah. adjust your expectations. You're. I think you might be right. Adam Wainwright know, might actually. He might yeah. have that track. He, he's I got, love he, it when we do these tangents, though. Because... He's got like 20 less career WAR than Doc, but only like 20 less wins. And he's also he, he strikes out more than Doc did. But we don't know Doc wasn't a strikeout pitcher. He was a ground ball guy. But yeah, exactly. I mean, it's it's like they're 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 comparable in terms of like their career stat lines. Um, and Doc like, was better. Doc's got like 300 more career innings pitched than it when Wainwright does at this point. So like a season and a half. Yeah, Doc was definitely better. I'm not saying Wainwright's comparable like the same as Doc's skill level, but like stat wise, they're they're on like the same kind of. What was his case per nine? Doc? Six six ninety three. Okay, Wainwright's is better, but yeah, yeah. Doc was yeah, a one right. ninety four walks and an oh seventy seven homers per nine. You um, know what? Let's yeah. just say the jury's out. The jury's I think out over a ten year ballot or like over ten years. I think he's he got definitely... a chance. Yeah. Yeah, I would. I agree. Let's move on to the. AL I think race. I think writers will give him a lot of consideration just because of the, the well known of his career like he's been in the pro like in the spotlight in st louis with some good teams so i think that helps his case but anyway well we all know what pitcher i want to see crack uh that's on that list billy wagner yeah that's right billy wagner deserves more credit than what he's getting talked about this ad nauseum saves are mm-hmm. definitely a, should be weighed heavier but anyway Anywho. american league american let's league. talk about it the tampa bay rays our dreaded uh, rivals who we recently beat up on in yeah, a pregame series. Yeah, take that, series. Ryan Yarbra. Suck it. Uh, they still lead the division, though, by hefty margin. Yeah. Uh, 90 wins, 56 losses. G- great season for them. Oh, yeah, 100%. They're eight games uh, up on, on us and the Yankees. They have cooled off considerably in September. Uh, Pitching we still injuries. Have, we still have three more games against them this season, and I like our chances. Uh, I don't think they could be caught for the division. We are uh, eight. seven or eight back. It's eight, yeah. It's a tough hill, but we do have three games against them, which means we can cut it to five, and we yep. still have something like 15 games to make up. So not, it's impossible, not impossible, improbable. <laughs> Highly improbable. Yeah, would not put money on it. That's all the I'm saying. Houston this is Astros... not financial advice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Houston Astros are holding down the American League West at 85 and 60. Uh, they've been as good lately as they've been all year. Yeah, there's the seven games up on Oakland. Yep, uh, they've started to put some distance between them, Oakland, or Oakland and Seattle. Yeah, uh, which is not good for their Oakland and Seattle's playoff chances. We'll get to that <laughs> in a second. Uh, Chicago White Sox uh, probably never in doubt. They hold down the AL Central, eighty-three and sixty-two. Um, they've cooled off quite a bit too. Uh, we had the split against them earlier uh, in in I think it was like early to mid-August. That was when like we started to turn it around after like a terrible month. That was the turning point. I think we split those games and then we won the next. We've won the following six series. Right. Suck it. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, I guess that's all we have to say about the AL Central. I don't even think any other team is even fucking close to them. Nope. I think Cleveland is like 10. Yeah, it's 
It's, it's not. over, ladies and gentlemen. It's, it's not over. close, folks. Yeah. Uh, the wild card, though, uh, this is the hottest race right now uh, in the major leagues. Uh, the New York Yankees are currently tied with the Toronto Blue Jays, who are tied with the Boston Red Sox. Uh, their records are the Yankees and Jays records are identical. Uh, obviously we have taken the series against them and we have a superior run differential. Mm -hmm. Uh, However, it really doesn't matter because there's actually this weird fucking formula for three-way ties. And I'll explain it in just a second. Oh boy. But let's talk about the boys. Eight and two in their last 10, 82 and 64. Uh, They've been as good in September as they have been all year. uh, And nobody wants to play them because they're just absolutely mashing. It's, it's fantastic. Boston is starting to stabilize, which is a problem. We need one of these two teams to die so we can live. And they're just not. So yeah. we're just going to have to keep winning. Those games against the Yankees are going to be huge, right? Because we, yep. we don't play Boston. Uh, we play New York, and New York and Boston play each other. So it's like the Jays need to do their job against the Yankees and then have those two teams split their series. Exactly. So, so with yeah. this three-way tie, it's very interesting. Uh, I will note the Oakland Athletics are three and a half back. Uh, and they did pull off a dub today. So they're actually three back. Uh, Seattle are four games back and they're just floundering. Uh, they're flopping around. They're losing ground uh, every day. Their uh, elimination number is 13. Yeah. Uh, we're going to continue to talk about Oakland and Seattle until the math is not on their side. It's The sun's getting real low, though, for them. The sun is setting on their season. Yeah, 100%. Uh, yeah, it's well past. Uh, Tell us these done. tiebreaker scenarios. I'm really curious. I haven't read this yet. Now, this is, this is fucking weird. I had to read up on this. Should uh, I get a and, drink for this? Yeah, you should. Crack Here, let's do it. Let's crack open a... Let's crack something open here for this one. Now, I read this off of Reddit. So, yeah, boy. All right, educate me. <laughs> Here we go. So if all three teams are tied for the wildcard positions, there is a three-game playoff that happens. No shit. Yep. So I forget exactly how it works when it comes to the uh, how they determine this, but there are three. <laughs> there's Team A, Team B, and Team C. Okay. I believe the team with the, the the most superior head-to-head record gets the choice. So, Team A gets to host a home game against Team B. And then Team B plays... Er, okay, let me back up. Yeah. Team A is the host against Team B. The winner of that is in... They're in the wild game or the wild card. They'd be like WC one then, the winner of that AB game. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Uh, so the winner, it the winner would be WC one. Gotcha. So regardless of who wins the game though, whether it's A or B, they get a second chance against Team C. Ah. Uh. But Team C, their game is automatically at home. In the interesting oh so okay. they only get one game but it's at home so the team with that would be like third based on like the head head tiebreaks and stuff would actually host the game right 
Interesting. Okay. And the reason why is because team, the the team that loses goes to play the team first C. game. Yeah, exactly. It's so almost it like is, a curling page playoff. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. So so let's say for example the standings remain the way that they are. So Yankees, I don't know why they're ahead of us in this. I, I guess they must have a better head to head overall. Maybe because N comes before T in the alphabet. I don't know. <laughs> okay, let's just assume the Yankees. Let's say that the Yankees I have a superior head to head overall. Sure. I don't know if that's even mathematically possible, whatever. Who knows? Okay, let's just say hypothetically, uh, the Yankees get to pick first. They're going to pick to be Team A because no yeah. matter what, they get a home game and they get the second chance. Yep. Uh, every team, it, I think there's been two times where they had to prepare this, but it's never actually happened. Uh, it happened in 2016 when Detroit, Toronto, and Baltimore all had to pick that ended up not happening. And Toronto played Baltimore. Uh, Baltimore at home in the famous Edwin Walkoff, yeah. uh, which was fucking. Zach fantastic. Britton was in the bullpen. Anyway. That's right, sitting there doing nothing, <laughs> twiddling his thumbs. You bottle him in as my god. Anyway, yeah. All right, so let's that's just say like quite the scenario. Let's say Yankees are teammate. Okay, yeah. they made the pick, and let's say hypothetically we're the second we're the team to pick. So we could either choose to have a home game, or Two chances, Two but chances both on are road. on the road. Mm. Um, one time that this possibility was prepared for, the team picking second picked team to be team C. They wanted, and the, the other game. time they picked to be team B. Really? Wow. Yeah. And then Boston obviously would not have a choice; they would automatically be designated so- as team. See if that was the one that was not chosen by Toronto. So they they actually they've actually gone through this scenario and actually had to pick before. So they kind of pick before the season is over. Or yep, over? there are two examples of it Interesting. Uh, in history. So they, they go into like the last day of the year and they have to pick before those final games. Is that how it works? Yeah, it's like ahead of time. I think is what interesting. They had to do. That's really I didn't know that was this the, was I read this somewhere. I think it was our baseball. Okay. I don't remember. Oh, here it is. So, um, you can check it out on our baseball. It's. Oh, I see. Okay. So, here's the thing Uh, the the scenario I just described is actually impossible. Boston (laughs) will be the team that is designated as Team A no matter what happens, uh, as long as all three teams are tied at the end of the year because Because they won the the series against both of us. So we Toronto would have designation team B no matter what. Mm-hmm. Well, they would choose to have two chances, yeah. right? Yeah. Probably. Yeah. So game one sixty three would probably be Toronto, uh, Boston. in Boston. Uh, the winner of that game is WC one and hosts the wild card game. The loser goes on to play game one sixty four. So the loser would be either Toronto or Boston in New York. Huh. So it is possible that the Toronto Blue Jays could play 164 games this season. Making them the only team in the history of Major League Baseball to have done so. Because this scenario has actually not happened. Interesting. Okay, cool. Uh, the preparation for it previously happened, I think it was 2009. And then 
2016 was the other. Cool. Let me check. I'm just going to be sure. There no, have it was been... 20, sorry, it was 2013. It was between the... Cle- it was between Cleveland, uh, the Rays, and the Rangers. Back when there was only one wildcard team, they used to do... They used to have, like... They, there was a few times there was game 163. I do remember, I think the Twins had to play in one one year. But that was back when there was only one wildcard spot, so two teams had tied for that, and they had to play for it. But I don't... Yeah, they, 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 yeah there hasn't been a situation since they've done these two wildcard teams, which is kind of fun. So... Let's let's uh, let's thicken the plot, thicken the plot. <laughs> by talking about the Fangraphs projections for the rest of the season. These are well nutty, the by the series. way. This strap in, boys and girls, because this is nutty. It's <laughs> nuttier than squirrel shit. You heard it from me. So keep in mind that I pulled these numbers before the Athletics won. However, I believe that this was an expected win. It was against Kansas City. Yeah. So it's not going to change the projections at all. It's just going to change what their current record is. So the Yankees, the Jays, and the Red Sox are all projected to win 91 games and lose 71 as of right now. (laughs) Wow. Which is crazy. Uh, the Red Sox have played two more games than the Jays and the Yankees. However, they only have one extra win, mm-hmm. which is it thickens the plot. Advantageous. Yes, very much so. So the Red Sox have six remaining games against the Baltimore Orioles, two against the New York Mets, three against the New York Yankees, as we mentioned before, and three against the Washington Nationals. That's a soft schedule. It is the as far as strength of opponent, it is the softest of all remaining te- of of all the teams uh, in this race going into this. Yeah, uh, of overall, I think overall. Well. Oh shit! Well, okay, yeah, because yeah. the that Orioles are that I bad. Mean, the only good team is the Yankees, and the Mets are just the Mets. Exactly. Uh, so <laughs> the Red Sox, in some ways, you could kind of look at this as the Red Sox having a bit of an advantage, despite having two less, having played two more games. One of them is a win so the games in hand don't mean anything if you don't win them i could like i could see them going nine and nine and five i think eight and six is like it's very conservative conservative estimate yeah so we'll see what happens 92 might not get you into the playoffs it's hard to say yeah uh let's look at the jays though they're 82 and 64 they're projected to win uh to go nine and seven the rest of the way uh, we'll talk about that in a second, Justin. So hold your fire. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which is a projection of ninety-one and seventy-one. Now we're coming off a recent two-one series win against Tampa. So again, let's rub it in the face of the Rays. Yep. yep. We've got three games left against them: seven yeah. against the Minnesota Twins, three against the Yankees, and three against the Shitbirds. So, so ten out of sixteen games are against weak teams. Ten out of sixteen games are, are against weak teams, and then six of them are against our prime opponents for making the playoffs right so if if so the projections say nine and seven you would think that you want to go seven and three against those weaker teams if, yep. if you or even if you go six and four you've got to win three out of six against the yankees and Rays to go nine and seven so i, I think that's hope? a that's a pretty conservative i think that's still pretty conservative hopefully conservative because hopefully they do well against those weak teams but yeah i think, well, nine, I think nine and seven is almost like like the low end it was back in april we said 93 gets you the wild card at least yeah and everyone before no tampa no went on to, yeah nobody's projected to get there so yeah so 
Um, I agree they that nine and seven for the remaining sixteen games, considering the last three weeks of baseball, it's very conservative. That being said, the Jays uh, have coughed up games against lesser opponents. <laughs> That's true. Throughout the season, uh, we're now entering nut up or shut up time. So I don't know. I could see. I don't see us having a record worse than nine and seven. Yeah. But I could certainly. I could see us being you know 10 and 6 11 and 5 it really depends on how much we can hammer into the twins but we absolutely have to win those series uh Big if not better uh in those 10 games so like we have to go 7 and 3 in those 10 games yeah uh and that gets us close Three against the Rays. Those are going to be extremely difficult games. I know we just took a series off them, but they're still the 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 best team in the American League, and you can't let up off the gas. The three against the Yankees might be season-defining series, which we've said at least 13 times in a row now as far as series go as being season-defining. Those are key, key, key matchups. The Yankees, on the other hand, again... 82 and 64 projected to go nine and seven hitting the 91 71 total they've got one against the orioles which they're going to win uh it's done um which means that they will currently hold a half game lead over the jays and the red sox hmm. yep uh which means the jays because the jays and red sox are tied they would have that one game playoff yep fun uh they've got three against cleveland three against texas Three against the Red Sox, three against Jays, and three against the Rays. So, not ideal for the Yankees, especially when they've struggled with the Red Sox, they've struggled with the Rays, they've struggled with the Blue Jays. Uh, the and they're all at Oriole games. Three against Cleveland. Cleveland are not technically out of it, but they are obviously a team that could be preyed upon for wins. The Rangers. We might actually be rooting for the Texas Rangers to win a baseball game. <laughs> cool that's fucked up that's how <laughs> fucked up this series is this is bonkers this is uh this this whole scenario with these five teams still alive is it's is crazy now we're not throwing dirt on the athletics yet right now their record is 79 and 67 they're projected to go uh as of before the win today nine and eight they picked up that win which is terrific for them yeah so, so they're projected to go 87 and 75 which is not enough to get it done but there's enough games where they might be able to have a record good enough to be 91 and 71 which would create a four-way tie so yeah <laughs> i was just gonna say that um, um before we get to that scenario we've got three against the angels for the athletics seven against the mariners and six versus the Astros. Yeah. So here is the kicker. Yeah, those This is why games. the division is not out of the Athletics' reach. With six games against the Astros, it's still possible that they could win the division. Yeah. Those and seven games against the Mariners are going to be a bloodbath. Yeah, you've got to think, like, if you look at the schedule, right, the Mariners definitely have it easier than the A's on the games yep. where they don't play each other because they've got three against KC and six against the Angels. Yep. Versus the, if if you look at it this way, I think the Mariners actually have a better shot at playoffs they, than the Athletics do. The problem is just based on strength of schedule. 
They got to beat the, the athletics though, right? The problem so. is they're now a half game. Actually, they're a full game back now yeah. with the athletics. The biggest uh, thing for them is they've so. got to win like five out of seven against the A's to have any chance, and then yep. like sweep the rest of their games. They've got they've got to win a lot of but games. But <laughs> again, it's still mathematically it's not possible, impossible. Yeah, that they could win five more games than they lose, and because the Mariners don't play any of the other teams, it's still possible that they could crack the ninety-one win total. And again, we would have five teams tied with 91 wins it's not impossible wow so that's how tight <laughs> this is it's, really... it's so... more likely justin yeah. I, don't, I don't mean to cut you off no it's most likely that the athletics and mariners if they have any path into the playoffs it's going to be the division yeah um... because they have so many games left against because the athletics have so many games against the astros if they don't fare well against the Astros, like, I mean sweeping both of them. Yeah. I think they're DOA. Oh, yeah, And I yeah. think the Mariners are definitely DOA now. Yeah, I would but say But we can't so. math... Yeah, we can't, we can't say mathematically. mathematically. No, we're not, so we're not going to give it to them. The Angels are starting to heat up. They pounded the White Sox today. So, like, it's not impossible that teams like the Rangers and the Angels and Kansas City might play a role. In Cleveland. Uh, and the Twins. Yeah, too because if the twins beat up on us then yeah. that's gonna blow our shot yeah. so it's like it's gonna be really curious to see because obviously we're gonna record again on sunday after the weekend series here it's gonna be really interesting to see how the next three days change these projections yep we're gonna continue to from this point forward for the rest of the season uh really zero in on these fan graph projections as well as what games are remaining so we'll see. Uh, obviously, the Jays are expected uh, to win the series against the Twins uh, based on all projections. But yep. again, Fangraph's projections are tricky because uh, the seven losses are because they play three against the Rays and three against the Yankees. And Fangraph's yeah. considers the Yankees and the Rays better teams than Toronto, despite recent... So the projections... It's a little deceptive, so yeah. don't get discouraged at this point because set, uh, six of those seven losses that we're projected to have for the rest of the year are supposed to come at the hands of a, a Rays sweep and a Yankees sweep. So don't. All of, all of these teams control their own destiny because yeah, if you win, you do better than the other teams. <laughs> it's just <laughs> if the you win, key, you improve your chance. The key is just to win. The key series remaining. Are, is the seven games set between the Athletics and the Mariners. If one yeah. of them sweeps the other, then it's Danger City for an even larger tie, and the other team will be dead. Yeah. Uh, the six-game set, the Athletics against the Astros, will be season-defining. Again, the Athletics must sweep to get within, you know... Well, and that's their, that's late in the year, too, right? They've got to still get to that point. Exactly. And then the three-game set that we have against the Yankees... Is huge. And the Yankees three games set against us, and the three games set against the Red Sox are yeah. all season defining. The Yankees the Rays could play against, Yeah, the Yankees finish Red Sox, Jays, Rays. That's tough. That's extremely tough. They have to win at least six of those games to do it. Yeah, I'd say so. Wow. Okay. Especially if they fuck up against Cleveland and the Rangers. Yeah, that's this is a. Yeah, this is this is a lot. Let's uh, let's. I can't wait to look at this again on Sunday to see if how you can the imagine. Have me kind of like that meme from it's sunny in philadelphia yeah, you got you got the you got the red string out for oh sure. man 
it was cuckoo bananas but let's talk about you know <laughs> cool stuff related to baseball and the jays yeah let's talk hit me, hit me with the news and uh you know i want to talk larry walker first um we Hell didn't yes. mention him in the last episode and that's a crime on our part but he finally got to go into the hall of fame on september the 8th uh he's got he had posted a cool picture of him and fergie jenkins the other canadian in the hall of fame <laughs> And yep. Larry the Goat Walker has a SpongeBob SquarePants pin on his on his suit jacket. That and shirt is in the Hall of Fame now. Yeah, if you remember correctly, he was wearing that SpongeBob shirt when he got the call. So yeah, that shirt is in the Baseball Hall of Fame, which is the greatest thing that they've ever put in there, bar none. Um, I don't care whose shoes and bats are in there. That SpongeBob shirt is the greatest thing of all time. But uh, how awesome for that! It was like he had to wait a year for his induction because obviously he got voted in last summer, but the pandemic took away the like the induction ceremony. So nice to see that actually be able to happen. Great to see Larry and Fergie. Fergie looks great too. He's killing. Shout it. out to Ferguson Jenkins, one yeah. of the greatest baseball players in history, an absolute fucking a legend tank. Yeah, the dude was a horse, but. Yeah, Larry Walker, Maple Ridge, BC zone. Love to see it. Um, some numbers. Blue Jays numbers, Patrick Marsh, in September. Deliver. The, rota- the rotation. Let's look at this. Robbie Ray, 2-0 with a 2 ERA, 18 innings pitched, 31 strikeouts. Jose Barrios, 2-1, and one, and that loss was when he pitched 7 innings, and there was a 2-0 loss to Tampa Bay, so didn't really deserve that. 2-1 and one with a 2.66 ERA, 20, point, 20 and a third innings pitched, 19 Ks. Steven Matz is 2-0. and oh. He's got a 4.24 ERA, 17 innings pitched, 17 Ks. Alec Manoa, 1-0, and oh, which was an absolute gem of an 8-inning, uh, one, one hit, 10 strikeout game the other day against Tampa. 4.33 ERA, 18.2 and 18 and two-thirds innings, and 16 strikeouts. Hundred Ryu, he's had two starts. One was great, one wasn't great. The great start was a six-inning uh, shutout that he threw. The other start was a two and a third, and uh, where he gave up seven runs. So, yeah, that's why his ERA is at 7.56 for those two starts. That's why I don't like cherry picking small sample sizes. But again, still one loss from the starters that you love to see that. Yeah, one loss, and of course that Ryu start was the huge comeback in Baltimore. Um, where the Jays came back and went 11 to 10. So, yeah, you love to see those. But yeah, the rotation's been dynamite. And of course, like you said, the, the bats have just been on fire. Bobachette, Patrick, yesterday, September 15th, was Roberto Clemente Day. Some of the players yeah, yeah. were wearing his number 21. And uh, Bobachette was uh, announced as the Blue Jays nominee for the Roberto Clemente Award for like community service. And that's great. They, there's a bunch of profiles on MLB.com for the award. You can find that at MLB.com slash Clemente21. Um, go read all the profiles. So there's some players out there who are doing incredible things in the community. Uh, and some guys who like haven't been with their teams very long, but have immediately given back in, in huge ways. And that's the power of baseball. And being a star player means you have the opportunity to affect change and be a positive role model in your community and kudos to all these guys and to every other player who does this too it's not just these 30 guys but these guys especially were recognized by their teams as being above and beyond so uh big kudos to all of them and good luck to Bo in the uh, award nomination race anything and to add on that 
I fucking love Roberto Clemente. Yeah, I, we, I could, we could awesome do story. like twenty episodes. The greatest Rule Five draft pick of all time. Yep. Um. Maybe the greatest right fielder, fielding right fielder, twelve-time Gold Glove champion. Yeah. Aside from oh, you know, fifteen times at the All Star Game, <laughs> two World Series titles, an NL MVP, four NL batting titles, just, and a terrific human being. Yeah. A terrific Sh- human being. Shoutouts to Roberto Clemente. It's good that if we get to honor him. If there is anybody in the history of baseball who deserves to have a day, it's Roberto Clemente. Obviously, Jackie Robinson is mm-hmm. is a standard. I I just I don't know. I wish there was as much weight put on Roberto Clemente Day as there is on Jackie Robinson Day. It's, I hope it's, someday there is. It's really good that they are having this day. Um, it is important to recognize giving back and just being a good a good human being alongside of a good athlete. So it's really nice to see it. Um, I love to see it. We wanted to do a spotlight. We did a spotlight on uh, on our boy Robbie Ray last week. Was it Robbie Ray? It was remember. Robert Ray. Yeah, it was Robbie Ray. This week we're doing Danny Jansen and Alec Manoa. Why, may you ask? Well, because they've been really good this season uh, and especially lately, uh, Denny Jansen's last 30 games, Patrick Marsh, 342 batting average, a 432 on base percentage, a 671 slug for a 1.103 OPS. You're probably thinking, those are Vladimir Guerrero Jr.'s numbers. No, those are Denny Jansen's numbers. Of course, you've got a couple of IL stints sandwiched in between some of those games, but the fact that he's been able to come back twice and still put up these numbers in his last 30 games is phenomenal now he's only had 150 at bats in 57 games this season the total slash line is 220 batting average 303 on base which is still very good 84 point jump between average and on base a 453 slug for a 759 ops which is 100 points higher than reese mcguire's for those of you mcguire fans out there cough cough patrick marsh not that i'm saying i don't like reese mcguire i'm just saying not very good offensively, but I'm gonna let that slide. You let that slide. Let's let's look at some stat cast data, Patrick, because we love to do that lately here. Um, some big noticeable changes. Average exit velocity for Danny Jansen this year is 90 miles an hour. That is up from 85.1 in 2020. The launch angle has moved up from 16.3 last year to 22.9 this year. A lot of balls in the air. The expected batting average. 223 or 231 sorry so only 11 points higher than his actual he's because he's actually given hitting some balls hard and getting some better ball luck lately before he wasn't uh which is actually down from 249 last year and he did not hit 249 in 2020 for those of you who are wondering his career average is just over 200 um but the better ball uh directional the spray chart is really interesting to me uh last year danny jansen went away from pulling the ball whether it was a choice, an approach thing, or if he just wasn't getting to the ball in time. Last year, he only pulled the ball 29% of the time compared to a 54.1% this year, which is more in line with his career numbers. He was hitting way too many balls up the middle. He doesn't really hit the ball the opposite way. He's really like a Marcus Samin type. They're really pull happy, but that's where their power is. We've seen Marcus Samin's spray chart. It's just like a, a, a full, like, line to left field it's just all colored in and the other fields are pretty open but obviously they he's been putting up numbers but Danny Jansen obviously the last 30 games have been great you love to see that we've been waiting for him to look like a major league hitter 
and he's had like what 650 some at bats now closing in on 700 so just over a full season's worth of at bats so it's almost like he just needed to get some experience but what do you think patrick is is danny jansen obviously he's probably not going to hit 342 forever but is this is this encouraging is it, did you need to see this to have faith in him going forward yeah i was pretty deeply concerned <laughs> yeah uh at the beginning of the year his april was the worst statistical month I think i've ever seen from a batter it was like 044 yeah it was like jp arnsabia like <laughs> levels of struggling oh boy that's a rough comparison it was it was really hard it was tough and i mean yeah. you know credit to both aaron sabia and and jansen they're painfully aware of, of their struggles and they <laughs> embrace it and do what they can to try to work on it uh, the injuries kind of sucked the wind out of Danny Jansen's sails more than once. Yeah, the hamstring. It's, it kind of sucks. At the same time, it seems like that is a thing of the past. Offensively, I don't know that you could ask much more of a guy. It's actually more that I think his first 27 games were, were the decimal 0.45 average, and then yeah. the last 30 is where we've seen him actually play up like above well above <laughs> well the above. standards yeah uh, I, I think if you look at the slash line that he's at right now for this season that's probably what you can kind of expect for his career i think yeah i would take a 750 ops hey, catcher and yeah. if that's your guy hitting ninth in the order i don't think too many teams are gonna complain about that that's still that's but 20 home run that's 20 home run potential right there. i i also think that we have learned a couple of intangible things that danny brings to the team that do not appear on the score sheet. Uh, when Hwan Jin Ryu struggles, it's, you know, Danny Jansen wasn't catching him. It was Reese. Right? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Danny is uh, Ryu's catcher. Yeah. So I think it has an impact on both guys because they're battery mates and there's something to be said about that too. But. If we if we look at the overall year, uh, regardless of future casting and everything like that, uh, while Danny leaves a little bit to be desired defensively, I think part of that is he was either playing injured or, you know, just the opportunities to try to catch guys running the base haven't been there as prominently, right? For as they were for the other catchers, from what I've seen, I would not say he's a one A. I still think Alejandro Kirk is our 1A. Yeah, I think the bat just plays it's above so much that. Better. It's just yeah, so it's, much better. It's so much better. Yeah, uh, we, we left that before the show, and it's not even close. <laughs> Kirk has the potential uh, when Salvador Perez retires to be a silver slugger competitor mm -hmm. uh, as a catcher. Yeah. Uh, as far as defensively goes, uh, the statistics – make it very clear that Reese McGuire is our best defensive catcher. However, yep. however, if we do 30-game slashes for all three guys, there are each of their last 30 games or whatever, equal amount of at-bats, whatever. Reese has cooled off significantly since a red, red-hot July that helped mm -hmm. propel this team to yep. uh, you know a good record. Yeah. Cooled off significantly in August, as did all the other bats. Yes, 
so to be fair to Reese, everybody was struggling for a little while. Uh, runners in scoring position was a huge problem. We lost a lot of meaningful games that we'll talk about when we review this season at some point. Um, it's going to be weird because, okay, if Kirk is 1A and Jansen is 1B, where does Reese McGuire fit into this? He has no options left. Uh, which means either he has to be on the roster or we have to DFA him for nothing or he gets dealt. And because other teams see us at that point, there's no reason for them to deal for Reese Wilgar, even if they need a catcher, because if we have to DFA him, they can get him for free. So yep. do you see a problem carrying three catchers on a 26-man roster? Um, How big of a hindrance is it? It's a big hindrance. It's huge. You, you 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 can't. You you just can't do it, unfortunately. But the thing with even having to DFA him though is that if somebody claims it, then they then they have to negotiate a trade, right? And if they don't, then he can pass through waivers and be outraged to to AAA again. Um. But I mean, the guy like the guy is still like pre arbitration eligible. He's still under team control next year. So like, we could choose to non tender him a contract, but they're not going to do that. No, he'll still be he on has the base. Value. He'll be on the base salary next year, and if you can sneak him through waivers and get him back into that AAA roster, then again, if you have an injury to Jansen or an injury to Kirk, like you did to both of them this year, then There's he is able for that, to though. be added back to the roster. Yeah. The the solution though is that Gabriel Moreno is is, is two steps away from being ready. Yeah, he'll push. He'll push next year. Um, we already lost Riley Adams for virtually nothing. Yeah, and I mean, Riley Adams was the fifth best catcher on our forty-man roster, so I, I, I still don't think that was a terrible trade. Um, obviously, Brad Hand wasn't good, so we can we know that, but we can't. Uh, like... I mean, we have to. It, it that trade is definitely an L, no matter. Yeah, what. it's an it's an L, but it's like you, you weren't gonna get much. That was about yeah, as much as an, you were gonna get for Riley Adams. Yeah, it's an L you have to take. Yeah, but... it was an L to take. Yeah, for sure. I don't know. I am not against them having three catcher system because Kirk has plays a DH, but that's a problem because we already have four outfielders who can have all demonstrated the capability yeah. of hitting 30 home runs and having a hundred RBIs. And, yeah, and the only thing, and the thing is too, the only catcher that you, on, on this team that you ever want to want in like a pinch run situation is Jansen. Cause he's incredible. Like, he's much faster than the other two, <laughs> but uh, that being said, you still don't really like Danny Jansen's a very good base runner. Um, yeah, it's just like the three three catchers makes it so complicated, um, especially when you've got like four outfielders who you can rotate through the DH spot as well. Yeah, it's okay for now because yeah, the it's okay for now. Twenty eight men. Yeah, but at some point, whether or not it's uh, January. I think I think Reese McGuire gets left off the playoff roster because it goes back to twenty eight or twenty six. Sorry, it goes back. To, ooh, fuck! I you believe think it does. Jared anyway. Dyson gets the spot remember, over him. Actually, um, I don't think so. I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna look it up while we talk about this. I'll read. I'll do Alec Manoa. Yeah, do Alec Manoa for up. me. Listen, yeah. there have been very few pitchers in Toronto Blue Jays history that got more hype faster than Alec Manoa. But out of all of them, Alec Manoa was the fastest to reach 100 Ks in his career. He's already done it. He's only played 17 games for the Blue Jays, owns a 6-2 and record. 
Uh, he beat Juan Guzman and Drew Hutchinson's record of 20 games to reach 100 Ks by three. Uh, he's just a strikeout fiend, my guy. Uh, 93 innings pitched this season, 9.87 Ks per nine, which is yeah. terrific. BBs per nine is three. It's a little up there, but again, we are reaching the reality where the three true outcomes are starting to dominate statistical performance. Yeah, it's a walk every three innings. It's not too bad. It's not too bad. Uh, and even then, there were a couple of starts where he had like zero, four, four. Yeah, yeah, had zero, or he had like four or five. Yeah, yeah. And he was out true. of the game very quickly. Yeah. So, like, don't even sweat it. It's not a big deal. Uh, home runs per nine, 1.06. That's not bad. That's really good. It's not bad. His actually. home runs per fly ball, I think, are close to like 12%. I think 1.5 is like the average for home runs per nine in, yeah. in baseball. So uh, ERA of 3.39, which is considered very, very good. Yeah. The FIP has him as still as an above average pitcher, 3.9. Mm-hmm. Uh, XFIP is 4.12. I'm not going to barf any more stats at you. Very strong a whip of 1.03. Um, Alec Manoa. Tell me, Justin Anderson, what makes Alec Manoa so great? Yeah, I think the the biggest thing about Manoa is his ability to limit hard hit balls. He's had a really, like, if you look at his stat cast profile, you'll see the max exit velocity is a second percentile. That's just the hardest hit ball against the guy. He did have a ball hit 117.9, which I think it was a Stanton hit, which that dude just rakes. So that's like a, that's kind of like a interesting thing to include in stat cast but if you look at like average exit velocity 84th percentile hard hit percent 93rd those are all good things expected batting average of 84 um the whiff percentage is at 70 uh, the chase rates at 56 so like the whiff percentage is pretty high they it's, expected slugging is high too at 83 so yeah it's very interesting to see him have an above average uh chase and a well above average whiff yeah when his fastball velocity is basically average it's 92 to 95 he's had a couple of 96s but yeah his two best pitches are his four seamer and his slider his slider is devastating it's not quite the same as robbie ray's Mm -hmm. which is like a wipeout yeah but holy shit guys can't hit uh, it yeah Statcast really likes his sinker his two seamer um this year anyway well they they do they do like the four seam but Sorry, batters like to swing at the at the two seamer. The the yeah. pitch mix for him is four seam fastball, two seamer, aka sinker, slider, changeup. The changeup doesn't get thrown as much. Um, four seam, he's thrown five hundred and fifty four or five hundred and forty four times. A two sixteen batting average against expected one eighty six. So batters are actually doing a little bit better against it. The sinker four hundred and forty eight times. The slider four hundred and eighteen. The changeup's only been thrown 144, so about a quarter of the of the other four pitches, if you look at it in that way. The changeup's yeah. been hit hard too, 273, expected of 291. But we know that that's often a pitch that guys develop later on. Um, yeah, I was just gonna say, if you look at like some of our other uh, pitchers in the system, yeah. like who have good changeups, like Ross Tripling has a very deceptive changeup. Ryu. Uh, Jin Ryu does, and he hangs out with these guys on the regular outside of the ballpark. So, like, mm-hmm. he's they're gonna absorb. He's going to absorb stuff as it comes, and he probably hasn't even had time as a major leaguer 
to work on mechanics and work on yeah. delivery when it comes to that. He was thrown into the fire immediately. It's going to be really interesting to see what an off season of him working out in Florida with Pete Walker does to him. And he's still a baby. He's only he's, 23. He's a baby. It's, he's a rookie, Patrick Marsh. Um, he won't win rookie of the year. He will get some votes, but um, Randy Rosarena is probably going to win this. It's deservingly so though. deservingly so I, I like the odds makers have manoa in one two three four five six seven eight ninth in the odds he's tied with akil badu of the tigers andrew vaughn ryan mountcastle who destroys the blue jays luis garcia the pitcher in houston wander franco adolis garcia and rosarena are all ahead of him so i think um, it'll go to rosarena but ryan yeah. mountcastle will definitely get he deserves a lot of votes I he think should be second or third if he didn't play for baltimore i think he'd have a better chance um he kind of yeah hidden. and the season's not over so and, still... and because because cedric mullins has been so good for baltimore he kind of gets lost in the outfield picture there that's so. true mullins that's has been outstanding true. he's no one he should he's, he's likely gonna win silver slugger in center field he should because Mike Trout was hurt, so. <laughs> so if we talk, Justin, if we anyway. talk about future rotation, is Alec Manoa absolutely a staple moving forward? I don't do see how he hasn't earned the chance next year, right? It's kind of how we had. Uh, remember when Ryan Barucki was great in his rookie season? Here in that shot in the next year too, before the injuries, I don't see how he isn't in this. In same with Trent Thornton's rookie year too, and so Alec let's Manoa's say better than both of those guys. Let's say hypothetical. Uh, we let's just say we re-sign Ray. Yeah um we've got what Rios, is, we've got ryu let's just <laughs> wow. let's just let's just say what our rotation would probably be let's order it next year assuming uh, let's say manoa is in there yeah who's your ace uh robbie ray if who's he's your two? jose barrios who's your three hunjin ryu who's four alec manoa who's five well right now it'd be ross stripling but likely a free agent signing could be, or it could be... Could be Steven, Steven Matz. Could <laughs> be they, Steven If Matz. they re-sign him, too. Yeah. Uh, well, Jesus Christ. Robbie Ray on an $8 million deal, and then Steven Matz on a $5 million How deal. Absolute steals. Those are two of the best free agent deals in franchise history in terms of, like, one-year contracts. And maybe even baseball. And Marcus Samin, too, at $18 million for a guy who's probably going to finish top five in the MVP. Like, yep. just... They'll qualify him. They'll qualify him. Oh, they'll qualify sure. them. Both of them, for sure. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, they might even qualify you, Steven okay. Matz. <laughs> I, I think the rotation next year is going to be identical. Do you think they'll point. re-sign Matz? Yes, I do. But yeah. I don't think Steven Matz... I think Matz and Stripling will be... It'll be like 5A and 5B. They'll trade off. I still think Ross is going to get meaningful innings. He'll still get at least 100 innings a season, the same way that I expected Trent Thornton to, except yeah. I think Ross is a better pitcher than... And Trent Thornton. See, I, I can see Strips getting traded. I don't want that. I know. He's he's valuable because he provides you with a lot of insurance. He can be that swing man. I know like, he's super valuable, which is why I think he's going to have trade value. I just think there's there's some good free agent arms, and we'll talk about that. We're running along on the tooth. Well, if episode, we don't but... re-sign uh, both Ray and Matts, Strips is in the... Like, if we don't sign yeah, both those guys, say we he's don't in the rotation. Let's say Robbie Ray is the only pitcher, only starting pitcher that gets re-signed, then, yeah, Stripling should be in the rotation Strips as fi fifth. Strips and is that's five. And that's a great rotation. you got a top three who could be made up of two Cy Young winners if if uh, Ray gets his Cy Young. Because Ryu is a Cy Young caliber pitcher, and, and Barrios is two, to be honest with you. So... <laughs> 
it's like, yeah, you, you'd have a top three that would rival anybody in baseball. It could rival the Dodgers' top three. It's Yeah, it'd be pretty strong, and Manoa is only going to get better, I think. Yeah. I don't see him as being a guy who's going to flame out. No, he's he's he doesn't. Like, he's not a flamethrower. He's big. He's got like he's got the, the durability as a big guy. His, um, his, it's, his fastball is, is like it's average velocity, but it's like John Axford's where well, it's like a fucking bowling ball. Well, you think of it like... <laughs> He he kind of he has similar velocity to to Docs and they are both just like monsters of human beings who just like throw downhill from the mound, just mm-hmm. like just it, it pays to be tall as a pitcher because you just look down on people. You have that that downward plane automatically. So his competitive fire, like oh man, <laughs> it's like, just, it's it's god tier. That spark is S tier, yeah for yeah. sure. Um, so we were going to talk about minor league, but we're going to skip that yeah, and leave we'll do it, it until Sunday. Sunday. And actually what we'll do is we'll do a 30 uh, what do you, uh, prospect top 30 talk. Yeah. We're going to do that on Sunday, and we will briefly sort of recap how uh, all the minor league teams have done. Yeah, they're coming, kind of in, they're coming to a close here those seasons in the next, few, in the next week or so here. So. Yeah, it might be worth it for us to push it back. I still yeah. want to talk about this top 30. We'll talk top 30. We'll, we'll do a little minor league recap when that season's over for sure. Um, Hit me with that, uh, that preview. Looking ahead. Looking let's ahead. Look yeah, ahead. let's talk about it. Yeah, so we still don't know who's going to start Sunday's game. That hasn't been announced yet. With today's off day, a lot of the beat writers, uh, Ben Nicholson-Smith had published yesterday that he's, he figures the Jays are going to do some retinkering with the rotation just to line things up so that they can line Robbie Ray up for the wild card game, which makes sense. But we know the starters yep. for the first two games for both sides. Uh, Michael Pineda, real blast from the past. Haven't heard much from this guy lately. He's 6-8 and eight on the earth, a 387 ERA, 79Ks. Doesn't strike out a lot of guys anymore. He's going to go up against Ryu, who is 13 and 8 with a 4.11 ERA. That last start put his ERA up over 4. It was ugly. Tough season for yeah, him. Yeah, tough season. He'll bounce back. He always does. Uh, Bailey Ober, who I know nothing about, goes for the Twins on Saturday. Um, Friday's game, by the way, is a 7.07 Eastern, typical evening time. Saturday's a bit of an afternoon affair, 3.07. Uh, Ober against Steven Matz. Matz is 12 and 7 with a 3.87 ERA. As we've mentioned, for the money he's getting, he's incredibly valuable. And then Sunday, we don't know. It's TBD for both teams. Could be a bullpen day for the Blue Jays. They could do Stripling um, in bulk. Stripling Hatch. Hatch, yeah, Hatch. I guess Hatch is still around. Yeah, they could do Hatch Strip. They could some, some somehow guys are recall due. Trent Thornton again. Some oh, guys man. are due for innings, too. Like it just Yeah, depends. Pearson's in there. Pearson can give you two innings, depending if they have to use him on Friday or Saturday. So you could even see like a Hatch Strip Pearson game on Sunday. Like that, um, yeah. If they go like that, or you might see, um, you could see Manoa again. That would line up with his his regular or his his schedule if they don't want to give him an extra day off. They should give him the extra. Day I think though. they, they will. should run and, the pen. I think they'll go Manoa Ray on Monday, Tuesday in Tampa, and hope that Barrios's injury isn't serious that he can go Wednesday. Um, and then you could do your Ryu Mats and whoever against Minnesota again next weekend, and then you could have your big three ray manoa and um, brios for the yankee series again too so they're gonna they'll, they'll line it up we'll get some we'll have some more clarity by sunday um because i believe there's only one more off day after this patrick marsh yes and sir. it's uh it's before the uh the last yankee series so as we, we've got minnesota for three tampa for three minnesota for four and then an off day after that so it's going to be 10 days in a row of, of baseball starting tomorrow um it's so going to be frantic it's, it's going to be a frantic finish 
yeah it's gonna be you know fun. what if we okay <laughs> let's this is this is a grim way to end the episode but <laughs> okay let's let's go back to that original scenario that we had discussed when it comes to the wild card um let's just say the jays find their way in to the wild card game would you rather miss the playoffs by a game or lose the wild card game in a blowout? Lose the wild card game in a blowout. I don't know that it makes a difference. It doesn't. I don't know that I but It doesn't, but it feels like it does. <laughs> <laughs> I think no matter what, like the the what are, the Jays record is 82 and 64, so this is now the second year in a row we have clinched an above 500 record, which yeah. is positive momentum Oops. after uh, an injury plague 2017 uh, you, and a really abysmal 2018 and 2019. Do you remember um, when we had Hendo on at the beginning of the season? Do you remember what our was the 85 wins that Fangraphs was projecting the Blue Jays at? Yep, we and I thought that was bullish, and I I took the under, and I said it, it they'd be 84 and 78, and if that happened at this point, it would be considered a disaster yeah you go titanic three and 14 the rest or two and 14 the rest of the way it's not impossible not impossible improbable i think i said 90 91 or 92 i think hendo was right up there with me too so i took the under on it because you took the under and i i didn't disagree with you at that time i was just i was hendo and i were both optimistic that they would add improvements if you had told me that they would trade and pick up jose barrios Adam Simber, <laughs> Adam Simber, and get Trevor and Richards for nothing. Alec Manoa would come up and be an yeah. S tier starter. Then I probably would have been like, "Yeah, I'll take the over." And you also didn't know we didn't. None of us knew that Robbie Ray was going to compete for a Cy Young award, or that Stephen Matzoff had better ERA than Hunchin Ryu at this point in the year. So it's yep. just, it's just a lot of things went right, and the rotation stayed healthy. Like we've Manoa missed a, a start with the, when he fell down in, in Boston and had to miss one on the bereavement list. Or didn't miss one. Miss one from suspension. Sorry, <laughs> that which which is fun. And the um, other thing too, it's yeah. worth saying too. In my defense, because I'm gonna be wrong, obviously. Yeah. Uh, the team is 13 and two in September, which means they've gained 11 games. Yeah. Over 500, over 500. in the last yeah. basically two weeks. They've they've taken themselves from a 500 ball club to a potential uh, 20 win over 500 ball club. So yeah, going into September they were 69 and 62, and 84 nice. wins was still a conservative estimate yeah. at that time. But at this point, I don't think any there's no chance that they're under 85 wins. At totally. This point. So they've definitely exceeded expectations. I'm with you. I would rather them make the playoffs, even if they lost the uh, the the wild card game, 275 to nothing. To Final Yankees. question for you before we wrap yeah. up: Where does Trey Montoyo finish in Manager of the Year voting? Uh, second to Kevin Cash. I think you're right. Uh, yeah. Kevin Cash himself said today it was today or yesterday that Charlie Montoyo should be manager of the year. I disagree, uh, but I still think it goes to cash, and it'll continue to go to cash uh, until he is not the manager of the race anymore, probably. <laughs> or until something implodes in that franchise, which is highly unlikely because they just do such a good job drafting and selling international They're good with everything. Everything just, that they do is good. They run a good organization. It's just too bad they don't have any fans that support them, and they need that because they deserve it because they they are as much as we don't like the Rays, we have to respect 
their ability to run a franchise. But I just with, spilled water all over myself. Well, let's wrap it up then, so you can go clean <laughs> yourself up. But that, that's a long episode, 100, 100 and, uh, hour and 20 minutes, or hour and 10 minutes Holy today. Christ, so we went a, we went a little long. we've done for a while, yeah. Yeah, so apologies for those of you who are still here, but thank you for sticking it out. Uh, hopefully, I apologize able, for nothing. Hopefully we were able to provide some value for you today and uh, give you some enjoyment if you listen to this, whether it's tonight or Friday before the games against Minnesota. But regardless of that, we'll be back on Sunday uh, in the late to afternoon to early evening time to record another show for you well hopefully we'll be reporting on positive news from the weekend against the twins we'll give you another standings update i'm sure the fan projections are going to be wild and wacky between now and then hopefully vladdy is closer to a triple crown win he's not going to mvp though sorry vlad fans shohei deserves it still but the with arguments that- yeah the arguments online about on twitter this. it's not even close friends i'm sorry like vladi's having a great offensive season but he he doesn't pitch and he's not even having like a typical like war production season for an mvp lately like mike trout and mookie bats have always been around like nine and ten and vladi's at like 6.7 i think so he's still got a ways to go but anyway his defense negatively impacts that that number but we'll we'll, we'll leave it at that we're gonna we'll talk about the reward races towards the end of the season there's still two weeks of baseball to go three weeks of baseball to go but sir for now for patrick out in halifax justin here in saskatoon thank you for listening find the show bfmd podcast on twitter bfmdpodcast.com listen on all the major podcast providers with apple anchor google spotify being the big ones for us We'll talk to you Sunday. Enjoy a weekend of Blue Jays baseball.